0: Our feature today, though, is a second part of an interview that we had with Eric Bell. He's the uh, coordinator for physical access at the University of Arizona. And uh, he had become uh, he came to us on the show because he was part of that national rugby wheelchair team that uh, just finished their back-to-back national championships. In that interview, he brought us uh, familiar with a phrase called Oscar Mike. It's a term in military jar- jargon, meaning on the move, Oscar Mike. Uh, and it also became the motto of a 501c3 foundation, which organizes high-energy extreme events for disabled and able-bodied individuals alike. Their goal is to help with these challenges and provide individuals with ways to overcome. And, you know, I was talking to Eric uh, about that. It was pretty Pretty interesting about how the adaptive athletics program has, has really taken on a, a national recognition, but he's also the program coordinator for physical access at the University of Arizona, which makes him in charge of ensuring every student has an equal opportunity to education and that they're not impacted by any sort of limited access because of any particular special needs that they may have. Now, his team at the university ensures that students who need accommodations uh, let's say a wheelchair, has those needs met before the first day of class. So when that Invil shows up to her first session, there's already a desk in the room able to accommodate her wheelchair, and it's not something she has to figure out on her own. Now, it seems simple, but the U of A is a leader in ensuring this seamless education with a universal experience. And so we had a chance to sit down and, and hear from Eric exactly what makes the U of A also a national presence in their being a powerful ally in the quest for physical access.
1: So my name is Eric Bell. I'm the program coordinator for physical access here in the Disability Resource Center. Um, So basically, my job is to make any program, space, event, um, really anything that happens here on campus, physically accessible for people with disabilities. Um, it takes many different shapes. I work with event planners, campus staff, faculty. Um, I work with ar- campus architects, designers, um, the facilities management and construction renovation. We review plans. Um, it's really a, it's really a, a total institutional effort that we get to work into and it's... Um, it's unique here because we, we have a much deeper relationship with the facilities management people here um, than is, is common on other campuses. And we're able to get a lot of access um, victories and renovations and whatnot through some of those renovation processes. Because uh, sometimes our hands are tied by the Americans with Disabilities Act because it relies on renovation so heavily, um, that that's a lot of where we get kind of our our access improvements done around here. Um, But as a department overall, the Disability Resource Center here at the University of Arizona is one of, if not the biggest, as far as a staff goes. We have about 40 staff members, which is, it's, often shocking when we say that to other staff members of disability resource centers around the country because it's just not common. Um, Myself and one other person, we're a physical access team. We have uh, a team that deals with IT accessibility. Uh, We have a a communication access team that deals with captioning, uh, sign language interpreting, document conversion for students. Um, Really, as a department, what we do here that's different from other universities is we try to do all of the legwork as far as accommodations goes behind the scenes so that the student just shows up and goes to class just as any other student would, and they don't have to take the agency with their professor to establish their accommodations for their particular classes. We try to do that behind the scenes. We have an intake appointment with a student, and they come in, tell us, you know, their documentation, um, you know, what their disability is, kind of what we can do to help facilitate access in the classroom, and then we take it from there as a department, and we have the relationship with the professor working behind the scenes so that the student just comes day one, they have a, you know, if it's a wheelchair user, they have an accessible desk to sit at in the classroom instead of, you know, showing up day one. Everybody's got a place to sit except the student that needs the accessible location. So it kind of gets at, it gets at the student experience as a whole. And we really try um, as a department to, to provide an experience for our disabled students that is similar, if not identical, to the rest of the population. I had no
0: idea it was that, that extensive. It is very, very involved. Why do you think the U of A is, is taking a lead in this?
1: Uh, it, it's way before my time. Um, the, the previous director that we had, her name is Sue Krager, and she is a pillar in the disability rights community and has been for decades. And she was the the driving force behind this particular building that we're in um, and kind of our philosophy as a whole. Um, She's she's written textbooks. She's gotten legislation passed. um, She's really a a pioneer in the disability access uh, field and this is. You know, this is a result of her forward thinking, and it's also a result of an institutional buy-in that isn't, it's just not common around the country. From the planning, design, and construction department here on campus, we were able to write design and specification standards that are a level above and beyond what the Americans with Disabilities Act requires as far as guidelines for buildings and facilities. So we just build in a little bit more tolerance and a little bit more room for error in our construction guidelines. So for example, the Americans with Disabilities Act says that any operable mechanism like, you know, the handle on a paper towel dispenser, the maximum height for that is 48 inches and our design standards say 42 inches. It just brings it a little bit lower. It's a little bit more usable by more people. Um, And that's just kind of one example of of an institutional buy-in where, you know, central administration is on board and backs us up Um, And and it's really cool to see it come together in relationships with private contractors that do work here, you know, we get to work with them and show them that that, you know, we're providing a a different level of um, not only access for people with disabilities, but just an attention to detail so that we can create a campus That is universal we we refrain from anything that is separate but equal we try not to have a a staircase and a ramp we just try to have a universal entrance that everyone would use and that's kind of the the driving force behind this department
0: we are speaking with eric bell he's the program coordinator for physical access at the university of arizona about how the U of A has become a leader in providing a universal educational experience without limitations, which may be created by a student's specific needs. And we'll be right back with the rest of that interview, right after I remind you that my name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio, 99.1 FM Tucson, and available for streaming on downtownradio.org. If you are just joining us, we're interviewing Eric Bell, Program Coordinator for Physical Access at the University of Arizona. In the first part of the interview, we heard what makes the U of A a special place and a leader in providing physical access. And we're going to jump back into the interview and talk to Eric about the impact of events, such as the Tucson Festival of Books and how they help shape these policies. So you and I work together with the Tucson Festival of Books. right? And I know from watching that interaction with the facilities department, that this uh, accessibility is not an afterthought Mm-mm. it is a a primary concern of of the members of, the, of that staff absolutely and that goes
1: i mean that goes way before me um and and it's kind of a it really is, it's somewhat organic and it's been a result of the tucson festival of books actually um the the kind of campus effort that that takes to put on an event that that is that size and scale um, it's been you know through the the 10 years of the book festival that we've really gotten some of our biggest access improvements mm. um, if if you go to the to the mall at, at the center of ua campus you'll see uh curb ramps that lead from the road around the mall up onto the grass and that's a direct result of the Festival of Books Um, and that was an effort to integrate access into the campus and into the event so that it just gave a a different feel. It was a more permanent solution to a repeating issue. Um, We used to put temporary, just modular, metal wheelchair ramps at certain points throughout the mall that would then provide access up to the grass. But, you know, we saw as a university that that was taking labor, it was taking money, and we were having to do it every year. So they just decided that we might as well just pour some concrete curb ramps and that would provide access to the mall which is something that I remember from my first visit here. I was actually recruited to play wheelchair rugby here for the adaptive athletics program. And in coming here from Seattle, um, I was a student at the University of Washington, Washington at the time. And when I came here, I remember going through the center of campus and noticing that there was wheelchair ramps up onto the grass and I'd never seen such a thing and it just struck me as as welcoming and, and kind of a you know it, it was like you know as a wheelchair user myself somebody had thought that I might want to use that space as well even though it was grass you wouldn't think it would be very accessible to a wheelchair user but it was just that That minor detail that kind of gave me uh, just a welcoming feel that, you know, someone had had paid that much attention to it.
0: Well, And the other thing that I learned with the Festival of Books is that the amount of time that you personally and your staff spends with that, and that's not the only event, so I can only imagine how busy you are year-round. Yeah, that's that's how I got my job here.
1: My first job here was was grant-funded. There's a a student services fee that each student pays when they pay their tuition, and it goes together into a central pot. And then they issue grants out of that. And as a Disability Resource Center, we identified events specifically on campus as being uh, an area where our disabled student population wasn't able to interact with the campus as the non-disabled population. So we wrote a grant specifically around event access and it created a full-time staff position and then it also created a, a graduate student intern and then four undergraduate student intern positions. And we really focused an effort on campus events And trying to figure out how to make them more accessible so out of that grant we developed event planning guides for various event planners both that work on campus and um, you know some of the community partners that have events here so we've got uh, event planning guides we've got a a checklist Um, we've put together a bunch of information as far as the event spaces that we have and kind of the different, the different features that they have and really tried to get at the planning process so that uh, we, as a Disability Resource Center, wouldn't have to come in last minute into these events and administer any individual accommodations. We really tried to get at a universal approach to event planning, kind of a forethought, putting access um, and you know people with disabilities into the conversation in the beginning, so that anyone can show up to any event on campus and interact with it as they wish.
0: So you're not talking about an event with, uh, uh, like you said, separate but equal. You're not looking at. Uh, Able able and and disabled individuals you're looking at individuals absolutely and we're all here for this event So we all should participate in the same way right and and that goes, you know
1: way beyond disability It goes to any identity category Um, we really strive to to bring together communities in events and not have you know, just specific demographics, attending specific events.
0: Is the U of A on the map? I mean, do other people look at U of A and say, okay, we need to do what they're doing? Is, is that where you guys are right now? Absolutely. Um, I would say we are, we are one of,
1: if not the leading disability resource centers for students in the country. And we are often used as a model. We will have disability resource center staff come in from other universities and i i call it, i call it the car wash because they just go through all of the various departments here and it usually takes two or three days and it's a series of meetings each of each individual discipline here will kind of describe what we do how we do it um, and kind of how we got to this process that we have we we try as much as we can to replicate the models that work here. Our director is actually the director of a, an association called AHEAD, and it's the Association of Higher Education and Disability. It's a concerted effort to develop academic environments and educational opportunities for students with disabilities and it's kind of that mainstream idea. It's not a separate class or a separate program for students with disabilities. It's everybody learning in the same place, kind of in the same way, and just trying to figure out you know, how to best facilitate a student experience that would be on par with any other student experience, no matter what your identity could be.
0: Some lofty goals there from Eric Bell from the University of Arizona Disability Resource Center. If you want to learn more about the U of A efforts on physical access, their highly rated adaptive uh, athletics program and their facilities there, or if you want to learn more about the Oscar Mike Foundation, which is how we led this story off, then uh, head over to our Facebook page right after the show. And of course, we'll have some links there for you. My name is Tom Heath, and you're listening to Life Along the Streetcar on Downtown Radio 99.1 FM Tucson, and always available for streaming on downtownradio.org.